In today's episode of the Foden Bead Show, we speak with Sam about his experience getting to the finale of the Vassal World Cup. Welcome to the Foden Bead Show, a weekly podcast about the Star Wars Armada Vassal World Cup. Hello and welcome. I'm Rythos42. Joining me as always is my co-host, Armchair Jedi. Hello there. Tonight's episode is entirely focused on our guest, Sam, and his journey to the Vassal World Cup Finals. How are you doing tonight, Sam? I am doing very well. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. It is awesome to have you. I was rooting for you to win this because you smoked me in the pod phase, and it's always nice to get destroyed by the victor of any tournament you're in. Well, thank you. Thank you. Um, so let's start off. How, how long have you played Armada? Um, I have played Armada. I got into it about 2015, I think right before Wave 2 dropped. I saw the uh, the core set with the victory in there, and I was like, wait a minute. There is a Star Wars spaceships tabletop game. Sign me up. And then Wave 2 dropped, and I got the ISD, and yeah, it was all in from there. Uh, had you played any miniatures games before that? Uh, I had not, actually. I hadn't played any minis games, really. That was my uh, first foray into it. So where I imagine, were you like in a game store or like see it on Amazon.com or something like that? Uh, I was in a uh, comic book shop over by University of California, Irvine, and I just saw it on a shelf. And I was like, yep, that's for me. Yeah, and I imagine uh, given that reaction, you were a Star Wars fan at the time as well. Oh, yeah. I've been a Star Wars fan since I was a little kid. I had a, one of those little TVs that had the built-in VCR, and we had no cable, but I did have the boxed trilogy on VHS, and so I watched that all the time growing up. Yes. I've got a, a story about the box set. I, I don't know which one you had. I think I had like the, the CBS cut of it, and I used to love it. I watched it to death, and then I got... Gosh, this is old now. When when did the the special edition widescreen VHS came out? Whenever that was, I bought them, and I was watching the scene when um, in Empire when they're coming out of the asteroid belt, and that was the first time I noticed that there was a third captain there whose bridge got taken out by that asteroid, and he was like ah on the screen because the the not widescreen version had cut that bit out. Ah, oh. changed my life. Wow. Yeah, that, those movies have been through so many different changes and edits and cuts and things by this point. And we could probably mark that as maybe the moment when Armchair became obsessed with minute details. Uh, I don't know if that's the moment, but um, <laughs> may have been. I may have been on the road already. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so Sam, I've, uh, I mean, I sent you this this question. Have you played in previous v- VWC events? I think the answer is definitely yes. The answer is definitely yes. He was a um, a runner up not too long ago. Yeah, I was runner-up. Uh, I think that was the year that Aresius won with the Starhawk fleet. Um, that was the, I think we did a final round robin, and I actually won all of my games, but uh, not by enough. And he was able to jump me by, I think, 12 MOV. We had the same amount of tournament points, but he got me on MOV. Wow, that is close. So this is not the first time you have had a, a close MOV game. Uh, it's just this one went in your favor. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I've, I've finished a few times yeah, in like second, third, or somewhere near the top. And so it definitely feels good to finally win one. Uh, let's get into a little bit about the tournament and your fleet. So tell us, how did you come about to build your monstrous fleet? Um, so I got to give credit to uh, Gus. He's also known as the Jabba Wookiee is his handle. From the Pacific Northwest, I believe, he was terrorizing that meta with a 
double interdictor uh, Kuat fleet, and it it had mines on everything. But he had, um, I think he only had a single G7 on it, and he had two targeting scramblers and a GSR. And then he was running Surprise Attack, Abandoned Mining Facility, and Salvage Run, if I remember correctly. And um, I looked at it, and I was like, I mean, that's that's already pretty mean, but I think that I can take it further. So, um, you know, I'm... I'm Okay with an ISD, but an Onager, it really it, it speaks to me. I, I love flying that ship, and the Interdictor has always been one of my favorite ships. So I sort of took to that list and, and thought, how can I make it meaner? So I swapped two out for that Onager. I took out one of the targeting scramblers to get a second G7 and just really lean hard into the objective play by being able to shut down two-thirds of the deployment zone, and then either put mines across from me or in that other area that they would be coming out of at not speed zero. And then it sort of would force a choice where, do you want to go into all the mines and the shenanigans and stuff, or do you want to deploy speed zero and get shot in the face by a cataclysm shot while you're potentially still at speed zero, and then really have to work your way across the board to me? And the answer is, of course, you want neither of these things. Yeah, ne- neither of them is, is really a great uh, choice, but um, it, it worked out well for the fleet. And then, uh, oh, another change that I made is I went from salvage run to the doomed station because I was worried about potentially being able to have that flipped on me um, by a VCX or a Lambda, like a Morallo fleet or something like that. And also... Um, those dust fields, I don't really like them as an onager player, um, with the exception of abandoned mining facility, because they just give me those oodles of points and a nice place to hide a whole bunch of mines. When you showed up to your pod and you got a look at your various opponents, uh, including myself, so go kind here, what were your first thoughts when you when you saw what who were you were matched up against? So when I first saw it, I actually thought that I was in for some for a tough time. I, I was not sure I was even going to make it out of the pods, to be honest with you. Unskilled First Officer had a lot of answers for my fleet, um, as can be seen by he uh, by him beating me. Um, he had an interdictor of his own. He had um, a pretty tanky ISD, and yeah, he was able to just outplay me and flip my objective on me and um, come out with the win. Um, And then your fleet also, I gotta admit, was a little worrying to me just with the sheer amount of beef that you had in there. Two clams backed by ECM is, it's a lot to chew through. And I knew you were going to play KG with that Venator, but I knew that that's what I had to take out if I was going to get anywhere. Because I knew that, you know, chewing on that Clam is going to take two or three turns to kill one of those things with you just feeding it engineering tokens to constantly refresh ECM. So the lack of ECM on that Venator proved to be its downfall, which also was a huge help for me in the game versus Sackett. He picked my surprise attack and did a uh, turn one deploy, but that MC-75 didn't have... ECMs on it, which meant that my Onager was able to lock down the brace and just 
take it out before it could really do much damage to anything. Um, so that was good. And I also learned in a little trick versus uh, Radis in that game, uh, you can put a G7 on one of the obstacles and then shift it so that you can limit more of the potential Radis deployment area. So that's fun. So you, you can even learn things at your skill level. That's pretty awesome. There's there's always more to learn in this game. I'm constantly learning. I wanted to, to share my side of our pods. As soon as the pod listings went up, I had like three people DMing me, asking me if I had seen your fleet and if I knew what the tricks of your fleet were. Nah. It was at that point we knew that Rythos was in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, well, I like I know he's a good player, but... Like, what are you guys talking about? And yeah, there was there was some significant concern. So yeah, people people in one sense um, had it maybe out for you or in for, you know, they wanted to make sure your opponents were well-versed against what kind of uh, horror you were about to uh, bring on to them. So that I thought that was really interesting. So I spent a lot of time thinking about how I was going to react to your stuff. And, you know, I'm, I'm a middling player at best, but uh, I, I, you know, it was it was an interesting scenario to be involved in yeah it's it's definitely a brutal list to go into if you're not prepared for it i think that you could have given me more trouble if you had uh just gotten up to speed with everything quickly and gotten everything on me at once i don't know if i would have been able to um kill that venator before i got you know chip damage down but that's actually my lesson against uh, unskilled first officer as well as i played way too cagey and he got the jump on me at the right time and uh, smoked me for a 10-1 so yeah definitely i think the the lesson for me is when you're when you got that much beef in your ships maybe use it a little bit <laughs> yeah exactly i mean you had tarkin so with that and the natural nav dial you could have been up to speed two turn one speed three turn two and just been on top of me with all that hull well maybe next year although now i'm playing with uh bail and uh bomber fleet i can't i can't stick with one fleet too long it's one of my downfalls yeah i know how that goes i uh this is actually the first time i've ever played uh the same fleet in multiple tournaments i've, I've actually never repeated before like that this this one started um i played in a tts tournament the assault on endor um, I think that was the first time I ever played this one, but at the time I had projection, or I, I'm sorry, I had two TIE fighters in place of the projection experts, and I didn't have the med teams on the Onager, and after those games, that's what made me realize, you know, these two TIEs aren't really doing anything, they die really quickly, I'm not commanding them, I don't really need deployment advantage, because if I'm playing my objectives, i pretty much have a set deployment or at least know a general idea of how my deployment's going to go. And then um, I, I put the med teams on there because I had I had toyed with having them on and off before. I think previous World Cup fleets I'd had it. But specifically in the finals of that assault on Endor, I was playing a double Onager fleet. And turn one, I, I got pulled up blinded gunners on my Onager. And luckily I had dialed an engineering, but I thought I was going to be able to shuffle shields with it, but I had to clear that nasty crit so I could use accuracies. But after that, I was like, nah, med teams is getting stapled to that slot because I am not dealing with blinded gunners at an inopportune time. Ask uh, ask truthiness about my luck with crits versus him. Was that the game where he was, that was last year's World Cup, he was flying a Kraken list? Uh, yeah, I don't know if it was last year, but it was, it was 
One of the previous years, yeah, he was playing Kraken, and uh, my onager, I went to line up a, a bullseye on two of his CR90s so that one of them would die. He could activate one and the other one would go. But to do so, I had to land on a rock, which gave me projector misaligned. So now I have no shields on my front. And then his CR90 proceeds to go, and I pull the, I think it's, was it was a disengaged fire control, the one where you can't attack obstructed targets. And I was like, well, GG, because I yeah. can't shoot any of your stuff now. So I think that was last year because I remember you and I played in I think the first round of the Swiss because you 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 just slaughtered the pod last year uh, and came up with like thirty points and a thousand MOV or something like that. And I was the poor sap who came in last in the in the pod to advance. So you and me faced off in the first round, and I I got I felt good because I lost nine two, which means I did better than anybody else in your pod. There you go. And then I consoled myself further because I think either the next elimination round or the, or the I mean, Swiss round or the one after that, you faced truthiness and, and those kind of things came out. And it was like, it was like, that was your downfall. You, you went 10, 10, 10, nine, and then it was downhill. Yep. But I remember, I remember telling truth. You're like, man, why, 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 where were those crits when I needed them? Yeah. Crits can really turn a game for you. Yeah. So let's maybe move on to some of your Swiss games. Who would, uh, any games in here? How did you feel about your Swiss matches? Um, starting off versus the uh, SSD that Dark Raver brought in, he had a lot of defensive tech on it, so I was worried about him potentially just going straight across from me and just tanking some shots and laying waste to my fleet. But he ended up deploying pretty conservatively away from my doomed station on the other side of the rift. And then it came to find out he thought that the rift worked the same way it did in Rift Ambush. So he thought that he was going to be getting bumped ahead. Oh. Yeah. And then once he realized, oh, no, it's actually slowing me, he just turned away and disengaged. And uh, I think Ravager side arc shot wasted my flotilla at long range, and then nothing else really died. I couldn't get it down to crippled, and I just got my doom station points and moved on. 120 to 31 was the final. And I was curious about that one, too, because, it, you know, an SSD with Nita on it versus an Onager, right? So that's a lot of damage mitigation on the way in. And was he going to be able to get into, you know, into that brawling range with you and, and really do some damage? But uh, I guess not. Next one up, you had a better game against Outbound Flight. Yeah, Outbound Flight or Colin. Um, he's one of my, my good um, IRL friends. He was pretty confident coming into the World Cup that his fleet had uh, answer for mine and was going to be the one to take it down. And um, it started off okay. Uh, he took my Doom Station, deployed across from me, uh, got his prov up to speed and, and just sort of shrugged off the first few shots. But um, where it turned was he banked on um, he banked on his providence making a move that was going to keep it on the station, but behind behind like one interdictor and not quite in my onager arc. But he ended up clearing the move and he landed right in front of my onager and double arced by both of my interdictors. Oh no. So, yeah, so it just went down that round and then from there the onager was just picking off hard cells while I kept farming doom station points. So that one wow. that one yeah, once that prob went down it just it just turned hard. Looks like he probably got your Gazanti as well. It was a five hundred to thirty one final. Yeah, that that little Gazanti, it gets popped a lot. <laughs> And especially in our game, you were booping it in order to uh, stay in place. So I bet it goes down. 
Oh yeah, I use it as a space handbrake all the time. So <laughs> I mean, you can only do that twice before you know something's gonna kill it by something else running into it or hitting a rock or something. So now against uh, you said uh, Open Flight here was a real life friend. Have you guys played this matchup before? Uh, we haven't played this matchup before. No, um, we played a whole bunch when we both lived in San Diego. We would play, you know, on the table quite a bit. Now we play on Vassal, but yeah, when we were both there, we were playing quite a bit, but not this matchup. Yeah, like I said, it looked good on paper, I guess, all those, um, the B2s and uh, and TF, but yikes. Yeah, and then looks like the, the next game versus MHD, uh, because of his unfortunate circumstances, he had to concede that one. Yeah, that would have been a really difficult match for me. My heart goes out to him. Absolutely. Obviously, I was devastated for him when I heard the news, um, and I wish him and the, his family nothing but the best. If if he ever wants to get our match in, I'm very curious how it would end up. He actually did knock me out, I think, four years ago now from the World Cup. Um, I was running a Dictor Quasar fleet with some squads, and he had like this kind of off-meta Sloan list with a Quasar and I think two Architons and a bunch of generic ties, and he knocked me out that year. Um, so he always seems to have an answer for my tricks. So I... I think I really would have had a bit of trouble with that list. He had mines, he outbid me, he had ECM and Seventh Fleet and all sorts of mitigation and stuff. So I'm very curious how that would have gone. Maybe one day you guys should plan an exhibition match just to see what happens. Yeah, I'm I'm open to that whenever he would like. And then the last or last Swiss match was against Brobafet, who was just cruising through the entire tournament. Yeah, he was he was shredding it. Um, he, it's funny enough, he's actually my other really good um, real life friend. Um, we play each other quite a bit. We try and see each other at least once a week or so, and play either this or Gloomhaven or some other game. Um, so we play each other all the time. So of course we ended up playing in this. It's no different. We also play each other at essentially every single tournament we ever go to ever. So that's just sort of how it goes. Um, there's a a, uh, a lack of, um, I'm going to say, top 10% are Star Wars Armada players. And given that I think both of you are in that top 10%, it would not surprise me. You played yeah. each other a lot of finals. Well, thank you for saying such. But yeah, that, that basically is how it goes. We sort of always end up facing each other towards the final rounds, if not, you know, turn one matchup. Uh, well, that one looks like it was a fairly even matched, at least by the score, or uh, somebody disengaged. Uh, 71 to 31, uh, win 6-5 for you. It was the last game of the Swiss. I, I don't know, was it, did you guys go for it, or did you kind of... Um... No, it was It was one of those things where like we both sort of knew we were towards the, the top, and so neither of us really wanted to risk engaging all that hard, so I think that's why he picked Surprise Attack and just sort of sacrificed uh, the Raider knowing it wasn't going to give up that many points and then deployed very conservatively. And then I had no reason to, you know, try and charge my Onager in and get that thing chewed up by squads. So we just sort of, yeah, I, I killed off his flagship. Sounds like he picked off my on or my, uh, and just didn't really engage all that hard. So, well, that makes sense. That when I was reading this, I was like, "Why would anyone pick your surprise attack? It yeah. seems like a terrible idea." And the answer is, uh, no. It's actually a good way to get a six-five out of you. It turns out. Well, I, I honestly, I don't, I don't know if if any of his objectives are not a bad idea. That's true too. 
but yeah, that was the end of the Swiss. And with that result, you were in um, second spot, I believe. Um, yes, I think so. Yeah, I think that still had Matt in first and me in second. Yeah, yeah. Roba had um, he took 32 points out of the Swiss for a total of 60. You took 31 for a total of 53. Paul was also on 31, but wound up with 52 when he had the pot in. And then Louis-Andre was also on 52. So you and Paul, and, and Paul, I, I had a... I had a uh, a sweet spot in my heart for for Paul's fleet because I had a victory star destroyer in it, and I'm I'm stupidly in love with those things. And uh, that was your first elimination round opponent. It was, yeah. He does have a great fleet. He's been playing that all ship, just moddy hull tank for quite a while now. It's sort of his bread and butter, and he just he made a meta call with it, um, thinking you know there's a lot of small base ships. If I can kit out two gunships to be able to reliably, you know, take out two or three smalls or cripple or kill a large and maybe take a small or two out on the side on opening engagement, that's going to put him in a, a good position to win. And it worked out for him. It worked out really well. I wish that victory had a ECMs on it, but I understand his reasoning for needing Beck in order to power both the gunnery teams and the engine techs but as seen in our game uh, not having ecm on on your big ships with a brace it can really bite you in the butt especially in this meta of large dice pools with once you get one accuracy on there and a bunch of damage you're eating all of it yeah, and he, I, I caught a little bit of that game, and he tried this wicked sort of end run with that um, that victory with Harrow and some and Jerry and or I'm um, sorry with Marty, um, but with some some pretty wild maneuvering, and he almost dodged out of the out of the arc. Yeah, uh, he he caught me with a few different surprises in that game. Um, I did not. First off, I did not expect him to choose abandoned mining facility. I thought he was going to take Doom Station for sure. Um, so f- starting off with that. I was a surprise. And then, yeah, when he placed the victory over there, I was like, oh, that's very interesting. I mean, I guess he can get up to two and then do engine techs, but it's still going to be tricky for him to actually fully get around without eating one or two shots. And as seen, if you if you get the rolls that you need, that's often enough all that you need. And that's, that's sort of why I built so many sequential rerolls into my list. Uh, so that that onager could really fish for accuracies or or different faces that it needs, and most of the time that works. But uh, as seen in the final, that doesn't always quite pan out that way. Talking about the final, what kinds of stuff were you thinking about before you played the match? Um, you knew you were playing Louis Andre. You knew what he he played already. Uh, what was going through your head? Uh, what was going through my head was I knew he was going to pick Doomed, and I knew that. Um, I needed to set up and make sure there was a way that he wasn't going to deploy um, going out to the short side of the board edge towards the station there, because that's the only way that that onager can potentially get flanked and not be able to set up the bunker behind behind those interdictors. So that's why I set all those mines out there, because... I figured he that would sort of discourage him from going that way, and ultimately it did. So it did the job there, and I was able to hide behind my 
interdictors and and it had all set up sort of exactly how i wanted it to uh, he was charging straight down the barrel of that onager and pre-match i had been thinking you know if i get two solid shots with an accuracy into this thing he doesn't have ecm i often enough you know on six reds with veteran gunners to re-roll them all and then choking an officer to re-roll what i need and i have a um, cf token and ordnance experts and 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 you know, I was like, I, I can get two good shots into it, and then the interdictors will be able to clean it up before it gets to me. But, oh boy, did that cut it close. That was quite stressful. I think I rolled five damage, no accuracy, seven damage, no accuracy, and then a nine damage, one accuracy shot. And at that point, I think he was in PDIC and evade range. So, yeah, the damage just was not coming through for me. I was gonna say because like his so his his flagship was an ISD two with Nita um, had some squadron boost on it but early warning systems and P deck and between Nita EWS and P deck being able to cancel dice on the way in and then just kind of worm your way out of them while you're in in brawling range that's a, a, an interesting counter to your sort of you know your your haymakers that you needed to land. Well, I mean, yes and no um, because. For the first two shots, early warning system wasn't even in play because I was hiding behind my interdictor. So that was turning off the early warning system. So at least I was taking that out of play. But it did later on in the game come start to become an issue when my interdictors were uh, needing to start putting in some damage and going obstructed into stuff and, and rolling you know, a blank red and two blue accuracies is not helping. And that was that was a bloody match. Uh, I've got the score as two seven three to two five three. Yeah, he um, he rolled in and took big advantage of uh, being nearly healthy when that ISD got in there and um, put serious hurt into the Onager and my Vader uh, interdictor. He ended up killing both of them. I think his, one of his front arc rolls had like three natty doubles on reds and ended up being like nine damage and two accuracies. Oof. Gross. Yeah. Followed, and that was after all the, the squads just laying into me. So I, I was quite worried at that point that um, the game was going to be lost. But those Doom Station points, you know, they they paid off big time for me. I was able to luckily, luckily sink that ISD, which was Buku points. Um, and then coupled with the objective points, I was able to just squeak it out. And my goodness, I I was so stressed when I was taking that final interdictor rear arc shot into his ISD. I think he had like two, two health left. I had the one red, two blues. Luckily, I, I get the three damage, but he has that dang evade, and I was so ready for that red to show up blank or accuracy and have that ISD get away on one hole. Yeah. Just change everything. Then change everything. Just see the title slip through my grasp. Ooh. But luckily, it re-rolled back into damage and um, was able to just barely get that thing down that was an, an epic final and, and you know that's that's the way you want to see them isn't it you know you want to have those those nail biting game resting on this roll uh which way is it going to go i imagine even when, when all was said and done you guys probably had to do the math three or four times just to just to make sure you you, you counted everything because the margin was so close yeah i had uh, i had no clue actually up until the very end when i 
I did start doing the math, and I had my Gazanti on one hull and his Gazanti on one hull, and he pulled off this beautiful move to dodge around my interdictor that um, I thought I had set up in a way that it, there's no way he's going to dodge this thing and he's going to run into it and die. And so I had to calculate out what had been killed and how much our respective Gazantis were worth if it was worth the you know, few points for me to run into his and kamikaze it for the points. Uh, and that's when I saw, oh, actually, I'm ahead right now. So if nothing else changes, I've got it. Wow. Uh, so do you think you're going to run this fleet in a future event, or are you going to move on to something a little different? Um, I've already moved on to something else. Um, to be honest with you, I was getting bored with this fleet, you know, halfway through the Vassal World Cup already. But I'm glad that uh, I did. it did as well as it did um, for the tournament season that I ran it through. I mean, I brought it to four tourneys, and it got four four championships, so I'm not complaining about that. No, that's an amazing result. Thank you. Yeah, it was it was it pretty pretty cool. I'm not gonna lie, feels pretty cool uh, to have a, a sort of a signature fleet like this, even if it's one that everyone despises and hates. <laughs> Y'all can rest easy that it. Uh, I'm putting it to bed at least for now. If you can't be the hero, be the villain, right? That's right. right. Yeah, you're the the Darth Vader of the uh, of the Vassal World Cup. So I've got one more um, hard-hitting question here. How come you changed your public name from Mandalorian Moose to Sam S? Uh, that was just due to the forums shutting down. Um, I had always been Sam on Discord, and I was just Mando Moose on the FFG forums. And when those shut down, it just sort of trans everything transferred over to Discord, and that's just what I've been going by. There you go. Anything else on your mind you want to talk about with event uh, with this year's events or any of the other events you've been to? I've just had a bunch of really great opponents and a really bunch of fun games. Um, shout out to everyone that I've played. Everyone's been really fun. And um, I'm excited to see what's next in the meta. Um, it's been really cool seeing already now the, the shift in all the results from Adepticon, and I'm excited to see what's uh, on the horizon for the next big tournament. Yeah, well, and with uh, restrictions, COVID restrictions lifting uh, generally across this area of the woods, it'd be nice to be able to meet up in a, a local game nearby one of us. Sounds like a plan. Yeah. All right, with that, I think that's it. Uh, thanks so much, for Sam, for joining us tonight. Really appreciate talking to you tonight. It's been great. Thank you, thank you. Have a good night. Thank you, Sam, and congratulations on the Vassal World Cup 2022 Championship. Thank you very much. That's all for tonight. I'm Rathos42. And I'm Armchair Jedi. And may the Force be with you. Always. Thanks for listening to The Foden Beat Show. We don't have a Patreon or Apple reviews for you to give us, but if you have a story you'd like to tell us or feedback on the podcast, write us at FodenBeatArmada at gmail.com or on Discord. Listen to us next week for more Vassal World Cup commentary.